it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Hello, Vicky. Hi, Trisha. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. And Vicky is okay with you, although, of course, very officially on your LinkedIn profile, you are Victoria. I am Victoria, yeah. And I don't know why I've done that, really. I think it's because um, I'm a teacher and all the way through my professional life, I've been Victoria. I think probably when I started teaching, it was a way to make me sound more mature than I was. I was only, I was only about 25 when I started teaching, so I wasn't that much older than my students. Um, and it's just stuck. I just, I, yeah, I just think Victoria's a bit more professional. And Vicky, once people do, know me. Do you know what? In a minute, I'll just come back to that. Before we do, because it's actually very relevant to what we're, we're sort of talking about, mm-hmm. getting to know people. But just before we do that, I will give you a, a slightly more detailed introduction. So... Vicky or Victoria Doxata, she's on LinkedIn, <laughs> um, the content philosopher. Uh, she is a freelance copywriter specializing in thought leadership, but really she's far better qualified to describe what she does than me. So over to you, Vicky. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've, I've called myself the content philosopher just because. Um, I don't know. I decided on it about a month ago, really, and I kind of quite like it. And a few people have now commented that they like it as well. It's basically because I deal with thought leadership and my background is in philosophy. So it's kind of trying to find a tagline, I guess, or a moniker that kind of suits that and also makes you stand out and makes people want to visit your profile, I guess. So I'm not I'm not 100 percent sold on the content philosopher, but it's it does it it's doing it for now so I'm going to stick with it Um, and thought thought leadership with the copywriting is basically um, it's helping to position my clients as an authority within their sector so it's looking for innovation and originality and kind of unique ideas or things that are going to challenge the sector that they're in or, or provide something that's new and I do that by writing articles and white papers and blogs um and it kind of this type of copywriting marries up with my interest in philosophy because I've been teaching philosophy for a long time um you know and Plato and Socrates they were the original thought leaders really weren't they and they Mm -hmm. you know they I've been getting their ideas across two different audiences for a number of years and so now I'm looking at business philosophers I I I guess Personally, I love it as a as a, a, a link up. I think that's just brilliant. But you you go straight into something that I think we can um, just like I was talking about your name. Getting to know people does involve things like what you call them, uh, because actually it's quite a personal thing, isn't it? I mean, if anybody went around calling me Pat, I I possibly hit them although I try not to be violent but you know I'm Trisha uh, and that's kind of what feels right for me but I absolutely understand what you're saying about this grown-up thing and this um 
so so I maybe occasionally do think, oh, Trisha, especially spelt with the S-H-A, what the heck is that about? It's a little bit cute and whatever. And part of me thinks maybe Patricia would sound more authoritarian. I was going to say authoritarian, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I don't mean that. Um, authoritative. And that in itself is a big deal, is how you blend this being you being relaxed, being, you know, approachable, vulnerable, all those things that we know we've got to be to build relationships with being an authority, being credible, having influence. Absolutely. And I think you can switch, actually. I think, I think you can switch between the two. You know, if you were, if you were going to phone up the bank and you were going to have a go at the manager for failing to refund a £25 bank charge, you might call yourself Patricia, mightn't you, to have that authority in that you know it feels less friendly doesn't it in a way but then when you're talking with your friends or you know clients that know you well or whatever then you'll be Trisha so I don't think you necessarily have to be one thing all of the time um and I think with the content writing that I do it's all about tone of voice so you know one one type of content might be written in a more informal way than another type of content so I think you can kind of apply that to your personality as well as long as I think there is a core you, you know you don't you don't pretend to be something that you're not I guess you can have levels of formality but you're still the same core person underneath that I guess you just think, change yeah. what you're doing for different scenarios and different situations I'm a total advocate of that idea that, you know, people get a little bit hung up on this idea of authenticity, mm -hmm. thinking that there is this magical one authentic self and then get into a bit of a tears when they worry that they're going adrift from it. But actually, yeah. like you said, as long as you're consciously doing it and not, and not changing yourself because you think it's what people yeah. want. It's, a, it's about, yeah, it's about not being fake, isn't it? So everyone, you know, I change in every year. I change. I become more knowledgeable mm. in some areas and I forget other things. And, you know, at the moment, I'm kind of making the transition from teacher to copywriter, you know, from yeah. public service to private sector and from um, employed to self-employed. So I think my personality and my, um, you know, the way that I'm presenting myself online and all the rest of it has slightly shifted. That doesn't mean that I've changed. It just means that I've grown, I guess, and developed in, in different areas. You know, everybody does, doesn't they? No one's got one single personality. Um, if we don't evolve, I mean, what the heck's going on? You are absolutely. So, that is absolutely, especially for people in the first couple of years of setting up a business, I think, you know, or right from the start, I think it's, you've got to understand that, yeah, you're going to keep evolving because this is a big deal. You're, you're going yeah. to... Yeah, it's like, um, no, do you know when sometimes you think you're going to think of a good metaphor and then you don't? So I won't. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like something. Um, <laughs> we don't stay the same, do we? We're not, we don't stay the same as we were when we were a, a kid and we evolve and we evolve. And if I look back to, I mean, I'm very old, so I can look back to, you know, um, my jobs I had back in the 80s and think I now I could think gee if only I'd said this if only I'd done that but but that's life you know you you keep evolving but this credibility um and authority thing I think is really interesting because I think it's a thing people worry about when they 
first in that first phase of setting their business up they look around they over compare they go into massive sort of like imposter syndrome spirals and and they think well no one's going to take me seriously so I mean what are the markers of you know being taken seriously oh you know what I was like that I think I still I think everyone suffers with imposter syndrome don't they even when they've been doing whatever they've been doing for a long time you know um and I think I, when I first started out, I tried to put across this quite corporate image. Um, you know, my website was quite corporate and the words I was using wasn't particularly friendly, I guess, because I thought that business people had to be serious, you know, and if I was going to be a copywriter, then I had to write in a very academic way. And it's really only by talking to other copywriters and reading lots of stuff and reading about content marketing. And, you know, it's been quite a lot of, uh, quite a steep learning curve. Um, I've realized that actually people are only now connecting with me that I'm being less formal and being more like myself, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I kind of, I'm, I have quite a good sense of humor. I think I have a good sense of humor. I'm not sure everyone else agrees, but I, I laugh at my own jokes all the time. <laughs> and I started doing that on LinkedIn, you know, a little bit because that's my networking platform. So how I meet people, how I find clients and how I get businesses on LinkedIn. Um, and I've started to just be a bit more funny and a bit, bit silly sometimes um and I think because I've 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 kind of left this corporate image behind to a certain extent um that's when people want to seem to want to engage with me and connect with me and and speak to me and ask me questions because I'm I seem more approachable which is how I am I'm a teacher you know I wouldn't have got very far in teaching if I had been this very strict um you know very formal unapproachable person you know so yeah so it's funny though we do I mean I've absolutely been through this journey because I come from being an actor so there was this whole and and an entertainer as well so Mm -hmm. like you're you're talking about humor then which I think is a a whole probably a whole podcast episode in and of itself because the use of humor is very multi-layered yeah Um, it it is it is terribly wrong um Again. especially online oh. like it's on especially online you have to um yeah i'm a big fan of exclamation marks and emoji face <laughs> so that everyone knows that i'm actually laughing and not you know and, and not being a troll or something like i only yeah i yeah. i try to keep it in check and only comment um on people that i know well you know i wouldn't go to a complete stranger and and start making jokes or whatever you no, know you build you build up to it just like you would in ordinary everyday life absolutely you, know, you build you know people often say oh you know he's really rude to me because he loves me you know it's it's like often a sign of affection when you start getting the cheeky joke stuff and you know that's because you trust each other and, and you know each other and you understand each other so exactly the same applies online and in business why why would it be a whole different set of rules exactly and that's what i've it took me a long time to learn that actually but it's so true there aren't there aren't two different sets of rules obviously you have to be more aware that you're dealing with clients and potential clients and you're looking at people who might be referring you so obviously you're not gonna be quite as informal perhaps as you would with your mates down the pub um but But, i do think there is yeah Yeah. i think yeah i think people want to engage with people who are approachable and friendly and who you know are kind of fun I know that I do so it's almost like because sometimes you think right so I'm going to be approachable and fun oh 
but maybe I better put an incredible, now you do these white papers, for instance. So now mm -hmm. you think, okay, here I am being approachable and fun and me and, and all the rest of it. Oh, I better put a white paper or um, a thing out there and it better be incredibly serious because this needs to compensate. Yeah. People might think about me that isn't very grown up and serious. Yeah, and that's what I've done. Yeah, so my website's full of expert articles and, you know, I write for various business publications and obviously there's no huge well there's you know i try and write in an engaging way but it's not like mm. there's jokes and stuff in it and i've got white papers on my website and you know you can see from my clients testimonials that i can write seriously you know it's not all fun and games mm. but you know i just see linkedin as a social network really and it's interesting that now i'm being myself i feel that i'm being more authentic on linkedin that's when i'm yes. now getting more leads so i think i write these white paper posts each week as well which are more kind of formal i guess just, um, just, just describe um for everybody's sake including my own what the definition of a white paper is um so white paper is just basically it's a very long uh, document usually well six pages plus but often a lot longer than that um, and it basically is kind of a research document really so it explains the products or the services or a particular offering of a particular business um, and the idea behind it is that it gives a lot more information than just a sales brochure and it's not supposed to be salesy it's supposed to be authoritative and objective I mean obviously you've got the sponsor of the paper wants to get sales and leads and um, you know recognition from publishing this but the idea is that really it's not about the quick win it's not about someone reading it and thinking well, I'm going to invest in this it's more about someone reading it taking it away thinking about it um, and then uh, feeling that there's some trust there between mm. them and the sponsor of the paper um, and I like writing them because they're, they're research based you know and they're, mm. they're quite lengthy and they're interesting and you have to really understand your client really understand the product in order to write one it's not like a blog post um, which is a bit more which tend to be a bit more shallow yes yeah now actually um, no, that, that's, that's, I think getting that balance is, is um, something you have to work on. It's not instant, it doesn't happen overnight. But I think, I think that is a really, I think that feels good for you. And it gives your um, people that you're engaging with a, a multi sort of, a, you know, a, a more than one dimension of you. And um, I certainly fall into the category of being very kind of creative and entertaining i hope uh, but i'm also very geeky you know i i love like you i love research um and sometimes it's difficult to find that balance in between so maybe maybe that is one way to do it to keep it to not to keep it separate as in you're mm -hmm. completely got a line down between you and the white papers and things but to have that ability to put it in a slightly different box so you're not getting it all muddled up yeah, I think so. I mean, Does I think my, my, yeah, my, I think my personality comes across more in the client calls and the Zoom meetings and the face-to-face -face yeah. meetings. And then yeah. when I submit the copy, it's very serious and formal, which, yes. you know, yeah. so you, you know, me as a person is not the same necessarily as me as the writer, I guess. Yeah, so you've got to be a bit strategic about it, you know, yeah. courses for courses and all the rest of it. Talking mm -hmm. of blogs, though, you... So you've got a blog, haven't you, which is quite mm -hmm. different from... Oh, God, yeah. I mean, my blog is not something that I publish on LinkedIn <laughs> because it's well, a, a very... 
You've got it on your your um, contact info. On LinkedIn, I think mm. I saw my. Oh yeah, no, I have actually. Yeah, I've got it under my projects, haven't I? Yeah, okay, so I have got it on yeah, LinkedIn, got but it under it's your not contact info. Yeah. Uh, are we talking? I can edit oh, okay. this out, by the way, if you don't want anyone to know about it. No, Jelly no, nightmares. no, it's fine. Jelly nightmares. Jelly nightmares. Yeah. No, yeah. that's fine. I don't. No, it's fine. Um. Yeah. So. You, Jelly Nightmares is a very personal blog. It's not a business blog at all. It's not about copywriting. It's not about marketing. It's not about freelancing. Um, what it is is about a um, a critical illness that I had um, three and a half years ago, and I was diagnosed diagnosed with necrotizing fasciitis, which is a mm-hmm. um, form of sepsis. It's a flesh eating bacterial infection, and I nearly died. Um, yeah, it was quite traumatic, and oh. so I. Uh, about a year after or two years after I got this illness I've had so many operations so I'm still having a reconstruction reconstructive surgery um and I've, I've been having operations probably every six months or probably every three months actually because I've had skin grafts blood transfusions fat grafts loads of stuff going on um so when I first started copywriting it was after I was ill and I needed to showcase my writing and I just started writing this blog um, and yeah, it's kind of taken off. So it's been featured in the mail and the sun and various newspapers because my story wow. is quite, um, quite rare. Yeah. Um, but it's not really this because it's, I have the necrotizing fasciitis in my breast, you see, so it's all breast reconstructive surgery. Wow. So it's not really the sort of thing that is probably a good thing to share on LinkedIn because it's it's funny and it's uh, you know it's supposed to be um quite amusing yeah um i guess i guess it i guess it shows that i can write in various tones and things and you know different styles just this is a perfect example so i mean because i'll put a link to this obviously uh, with with links to your all your stuff but you're absolutely living a living example of how you are a human being with human stuff happening um to an extreme in your case yeah um, it's quite and, extreme you know but but it's part of you and it's part of what makes up the whole of you you found a way to be able to express that kind of um part of you keep it slightly separate and and yet not hidden um so people can find it when they when they want yeah to. It's, so the blog is on my yeah. website it's not something that i'm ashamed of in fact i'm quite proud of no, it because it's, it's doing really be. well it's got a good readership and it's like i said it's yeah. been um published in some publications or referred to in various national publications and stuff um it's just uh, that it doesn't quite marry up with the you know the professional thing I guess. No, but it does show people because your thing is writing, you know, it, it, it is a very good showcase of how you have a way with words. Uh, you mm. are able to engage and, and you and in this case, you know, that your sort of target audience, if you like, that is the people that are likely to engage with this. And that's how you're writing. Um, yeah. In the white and papers, you, you know, it's you know, going to be a different situation. You know, and it's actually, it's actually really interesting because I'm now at the point, um, and it's actually happened quite quickly, um, but I'm now at the point in my copywriting where I'm actually working with my ideal clients, actually. The people who are approaching me are people who um, are interested in the philosophy. They want to work with someone who's got a sense of humour. Um, mm. And 
now I'm very, very selective over who I work with. And it's not always about the money. It's about whether I think I'm a good fit for that client and whether I think I can add value and whether I actually like that person as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually quite picky about who I work with. Um, and actually, the majority of clients that I now work with have actually read the blog. Which just shows you, doesn't it? They've read it and they've liked it. So I'm sure that yeah. it's probably put off a lot of clients as well. I'm sure a lot of people have read it and thought, oh my God, I'm never working with this person. But actually, they're not my ideal clients. So I'm becoming less um, reticent about sharing the blog, I guess, now that I can be a little bit more picky with who I work with. When I first started out, I obviously wanted to put across a much more formal corporate image because I wanted to attract formal corporate clients. But actually, I'm not sure I do. I want to attract people that I want to work with who've got a sense of humor and who like to have a joke and, you know. And I think that that is a huge takeaway from this chat, actually, for, for people listening, is that, that how, long, how long can you genuinely hide your core kind of essence, if you like, um, from your potential clients in your business, etc., without feeling really hacked off with yourself mm, and compromised too yeah, totally and it's a it's a it eats away at you and, and in fact when I and I'm still on this journey but I am just kind of coming coming out uh, in in bigger chunks now and it feels um it it actually literally feels like a a weight has been taken off your shoulders because mm. you when you get the response and as you quite rightly say you realize that no you're not going to work with everybody and mm -hmm. that's great because you're going to be attracting the people who kind of have a synchronicity and align somehow because you're putting that out there and Absolutely. if you don't do that you're just you're going to end up so demotivated. Well, you, you'll probably still end up with clients, but they mm. probably won't be the sorts of people that are necessarily, you know, you don't look forward to email. You know, mm. some of my clients, I actually look forward to receiving their emails because mm. they make me laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think you're going to get that necessarily if you are trying to be something that you're not, you yeah, know? exactly. So on that, on that um, uh, element of putting stuff out there, you talk about... You, you said at the beginning, you know, something, so, so you're in business and you have a sense that you want to bring an original slant to something or, you know, a unique idea as you put it. So is that, is that a good tip generally that you, rather than trying to sort of stick with reasonably well-worn paths because you think, well, that's what people want to hear. Is it, do you, do you have to be quite brave to suddenly put a little unique yeah. twist on things? Yeah. I mean, I think that doesn't really scare me because I think I've got the philosophical background. Mm -hmm. So I'm used, I'm used to reading stuff that which, which is really far out, but mm. rational and logical you know, people like George Barclay was saying that actually the external world doesn't even exist and it's perfectly rational. Um, there's a philosopher called George Barclay, an Irish philosopher, who uh, made a very strong case that the external world doesn't even exist and that all that exists are minds and their ideas. I mean, he didn't go mm. quite that far, but that was the point that he was making. And because it was rational and logical, um, it's fine. Although it's really original and far out and he did get knocked by other philosophers, mm. Um, it's perfectly fine for him to do that. And because I think that's the background that I've grown up with, these mm. people putting forward these amazing, unique, original ideas. Um, it is brave, yeah, sure. But 
I don't think there's any difference between that and a business person putting out their ideas and their visions and their strategies. You know, why, why would you want to say the same thing as everyone else? Like fair enough if you believe in it. Um, but if there is a different way of doing things, like don't, don't be scared, you know, don't try and try and, um, yeah, just try and be, be authentic, I guess. And, you know, at the end of the day, if it goes wrong, if you write something that people don't agree with, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen about that? Mm, exactly exactly it's quite you kind of feel like this little um I remember when I was at school I was quite quiet and sort of shy although I'd have to do another episode to describe shyness because that's I think an interesting topic in itself (laughs) but let's just say I was labeled as shy um but actually I think there was a huge extrovert bubbling away all the time but we we do get labelled at school anyway. I was a little quiet person, and I just every now and then would do something quite naughty, and it was like this kind of oh I really like this, and it's a bit like that when I I quite cheekily put a little thing on social media which I think oh that's a bit <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's quite it's a really nice feeling because you sort of think so so there is, there is a limit I would never go all over social media talking about politics for instance in a big loud voice <laughs> that was very very stringently coming down on some particular but a little gesture of humor around some relevant topic because yeah there, there's you as you say, you can't just chuck it out there. Um, you've got to reread it, perhaps, and mm-hmm. think about your, as you say, the, the people you want to attract, and just double check that you haven't gone and perhaps taken a few steps too far. Would you advise people to? Is that the thing, really? Don't don't just chuck something out there without a few little thought processes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you've got to be aware that you've got an audience, haven't you? Mm. Um, and actually I did a thing this is this is this really surprised me I did a thing on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago I had I finished teaching and it was two weeks before my son broke up from school so I basically had two weeks where I had not anything on and I'd purposely not taken on too much client work because I had this operation as well so I'd, I had this free time and I put a thing on LinkedIn saying um, I'm you know I've got some time free if anybody wants to have a call like no obligation just a, basically a, a chat about thought leadership so I can tell you what it is and explain how you can go about creating content, like no obligation, no sales pitch, nothing. And I was absolutely overwhelmed with calls. And the majority of people who wanted to speak to me were people who I've never connected with. You know, they've, they, they may have followed me or whatever on LinkedIn, but they haven't made themselves known. Mm. They've not commented on any of my posts. They've not connected with me. They've not messaged me. Mm. So actually, I, I'm now hyper aware that I've got an audience out there that I mm. don't know of. Yes. Um, so that's, that's I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's made me um, take more. I don't think it's made me double check the things that I post so much because I don't think I was posting anything that was massively controversial anyway Mm. um but it certainly made me realize that there are you know you've got a very very wide reach on LinkedIn Mm. you know and you might get six comments on your post and you think oh that's not done very well but actually people lurking in the shadows Mm. your potential clients or whatever um you know I, I can be hanging off that actually so that's why it's like going back to what we said before it's why it's important to be authentic Mm. people will spot if you're being inconsistent Mm, you know if you're you're saying one thing one one day and then something else the other day um you know you can you can fool some of the people some of the time can't you but you can't fool everyone all of the time um 
and people are not stupid you know people are not stupid and if, if you are um you know being more inauthentic then they're not going to want to work with you are they why would they want to work with someone who's not what they appear to be no so I'm, I think I so I think I'm aware of that more I'm, I'm definitely more aware of that since this uh, since having these calls with people that I don't you do know. if you don't open the door a little bit wider then nobody can come in you know that so I mean obviously your, your mates will come in even if the doors open a tiny mm -hmm. bit because they know you're in there and they know you won't mind them coming in mm -hmm. um, but if it's only open a crack the people that don't know you will think well I don't know what's behind there. I've walked past or I don't yeah. I'm not quite sure what's in there. So you yeah. have to open it wider and you do. And, and on leap, yeah. Yeah. And on LinkedIn, the way I found it's a really good analogy actually, opening the door wider. I think that really works because on LinkedIn, um, what I found out from my, you know, new best friends that I've been chatting to on the phone mm. is that actually it's how I've responded to comments on a thread. Mm. Um, not necessarily my own thread. Um, and the fact that I guess I'm slightly more formal in my posts, in my mm -hmm. comments, I'm much less formal and I'll be like, mm -hmm. you know, using emojis and, and using colloquial <laughs> language more and stuff, you know, yeah. um, and also having a bit of banter. So I have yeah. quite a lot of banter on some of my threads and some of my kind of friends threads. Um, and people have said to me, a few, few people have said to me, you know what, I've actually got to know you. There's someone behind these posts because I feel that actually I know you a bit more now because I've shown my personality. So that's, that's an example oh. of that door opening yes. more widely. Absolutely. Well, let's just round this up actually by saying that you and I have only met because of um, doors opening wider. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to run with that. too far. Um, but so we met um, via somebody else called John mm -hmm. Asperian um, mm -hmm. and I met him because of involving myself with a offline community that is also online called You at the Media. Um, they're getting a lot of plugs actually in these podcasts. Yeah, they are. Yeah, but they deserve it um, because the open. So I, so I got myself involved in a community where I felt able to open my metaphorical door wider because I felt more aligned with the people I was mixing with. Mm -hmm. It was a very supportive environment. I then. Um, start chatting to John and start being silly um, in my sort of normal way. And all of a sudden, I, I, John and I, it's like you have this moment that you think, yeah. oh, oh, I really, I really get on with this person. And yeah. then we started joking online. And as you quite rightly said, we started, you start commenting on, uh, on posts and, and being a little bit more bantery in a normal, normal way. Mm -hmm. um, and then other people respond to that. And, there's there's this place where you can afford to be just yeah just a little bit more open and i think that i for instance now have come back to an idea that i had approximately six months after starting my communication coaching business and now nearly three years later i have realized that that was the idea but because i got so because it's it's very much to do with me and it, all my experience that came before but because i got so tangled up in what i thought i was supposed to be doing mm. what people would expect blah, 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 comparing myself to every other blah, 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 i lost it i just i lost it i mean this was even something that i'd registered as a as a trademark name i suddenly thought trisha this was it all along this is your unique take on what you're doing 
how did that get lost? But I just want to put that out as a kind of little warning bell to people. You know, sometimes it's right under your nose, this unique original take that you've got. You know, mm -hmm. just make sure you... Oh, it's under your nose. So what you've got to do now, sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> With your door open. Just keep sniffing with your door open. There we go. I love that. I think that should be your tagline on LinkedIn. It's, yeah, it's, un it's under your nose, so sniff. <laughs> oh, I love this. This is oh, really I like that. Chat. Now, I want people to obviously be able to um, know that you're there for them. So what do, what do you suggest they, they go look at? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, obviously mentioned that quite a lot. So if you look at Victoria Doxat, uh, D-O-X-A-T on LinkedIn, you shall find me. Um, my website is www.victoriadoxat.com. Um, my blog, it's not for the faint hearted. Uh, it is about breasts and nipples. <laughs> if, if, you wanna, if you feel like you want to read that, go ahead. Uh, that's www.jellynightmares.com. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably it. That do? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. Rich. I think I'll put all those on the show notes anyway, but absolutely brilliant talking to you. And look, look, everybody, that's two normal people talking to each other. Brilliant. See? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's been lovely talking to you as well. I always enjoy our chats. So, yeah, it's great. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. I just want you to spend some time thinking about what you do, whether it's a service or a product, and thinking about how much you're being pulled along by doing it the way everybody else is doing it, talking about it from the same angles and perspective, and then stop for a minute and think of a completely different angle and run with it. lot of fascinating stuff you might need some show notes so head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast to download those and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available i give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it look forward to the next episode Never be real.